Field and Company NFL insider, Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk, joins us now. Five o'clock hour here in the Finley Toyota Studios. Ari's here, Adam Hill, Steve Cofield, ESPN Las Vegas. Miles Simmons is in as we're watching the NBA playoffs, the end of the NHL season, and getting ready for the draft. We're getting ready to bet a lot of this draft. That's what makes it interesting. A lot of interesting things, but Miles, we're getting ready to bet. You want some bets? You want us to put some money down for you? Uh, you know what? I've I've never. This is gonna make me sound like an idiot. I've never really thought about betting on the NFL draft before. Well, I mean, it's fat, I don't it, know why. Be, because of all the rumors, because there's no real hard information. The market moves in crazy fashion. So earlier yeah. today, we were talking about the fact that the number one pick about two weeks ago, C.J. Stroud, went to a massive favorite at minus three hundred, and then lo and behold, uh, yesterday and today, now Bryce Young is a minus three hundred favorite to go in the number one slot. And like the market is so crazy and it's just based on insiders and what they say. And maybe they're on to something or maybe it's just fed from an agent. I mean, that's why this thing is so fascinating. The flow of information on the NFL draft, you don't know what the hell is going to happen. No, you really don't, which is why I kind of like don't pay that much attention to it, you know. And, and I'm I'm one of those really bad NFL analysts. I'll call myself you when really, it comes you to really that are, you really are you really are you really. I know I I know you I understand why we do this, right? People love no, it. No, I do. I know I don't, but I understand that people do. Like I had to shift my thinking on mock drafts because <laughs> it, the, my first couple of years when I was covering the league, I'm like, this is so stupid. Like, yeah. why? Are people doing this? I mean, like, why is it that, you know, I, so I was working for the Rams, right? One of our highest pieces of content every single year was uh, mock draft. And we would do mock draft Monday. And we do, you know, the, all these stupid roundups of people saying, oh, well, the Rams could pick this guy at number 10. Or the Rams could pick that guy at number 10. Like, oh, my God. And then they end up picking Todd Gurley, who nobody <laughs> thought they were going to pick because they had Trey Mason the year before and Zach Stacy and like those two guys were a decent running back tandem. So like I, my first thought was, okay, this is dumb. But as I've gotten older and I have evolved more, it's more of just presenting scenarios for the public. And then the public can either say, I think that that looks nice or I don't like that. And they react to it and it's all about engagement. So uh, yeah. But for me, it's just like, whatever, let's just see what happens in two weeks on Thursday. And then I will understand more of why the teams chose who they chose and how does this guy actually fit? And it's not just conjecture. I don't, I don't deal with conjecture as well. I like that you called Mock Draft Roundup stupid. Please uh, go check out my Mock Draft Roundup that just published yesterday. <laughs> it's good. I said no. Oh, here's what I said. I said, Adam, I said the Mock Draft Roundup on the Rams.com was stupid. Or it, back then it was stlouisrams.com. But you should absolutely I, check out all of Adam's articles, not just the Mock course. Drafts, but all the other stuff he does at VegasNation.com and at ReviewJournal.com. I think it's kind of silly, go. too, but people love it. I mean, that's, that's I know! The, the, the bottom line. People just love reading it. So you got to here's what they love doing. Feed the beast. They love reading it and then they love being able to talk to their friends about it because they sound like experts. They love, you know, listening to Raider Nation Radio where they, you know, they take phone calls from all over the country. I mean, you'll get yeah. I'm listening to the morning show last week with uh, Vinny and Heidi and Clay and you'll get a guy come in and he's breaking down seven different defensive backs and all these different qualities of Christian Gonzalez and I'm like, "I guess, hey, you know what? Whatever floats your boat." I mean, right. it, that, that's why the NFL is such a friggin' behemoth because I've always said, "I think you can watch 
the NBA draft. Now, the international players, you have to watch some film online. But I think you can watch the NBA draft, and because you watch college basketball, you can kind of break down basketball a little bit. But the NBA has done a horrific job over the years marketing its draft, while the NFL has turned it into uh, as, and you know an event, I guess, you know, behind the Super Bowl, behind the playoffs. But beyond that, it's like another game week. Yeah, no, it totally is. And I mean, it, it's it's more than that, really, because all 32 teams are involved in the one thing, and it's months and months of hype, basically. Although it's it's less time now than it used to be because the Super Bowl is later in the year because there's 17 weeks in the season. So like that, to me, the turnaround from, okay, we're at the Super Bowl, then we've got like a week, and then, oh my God, we're at the Combine now, and we have to turn our attention to the draft. And so like I am now even more behind than I used to be. And I'm just in terms of like, what are the prospects doing, right? Like, who is a good um, person that's going to go in the top 10 besides a quarterback? I, I didn't really know that until I was actually at the combine because my focus was on the Chiefs and the Eagles just play the Super Bowl. So, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. I don't know. Let's bounce around the league with Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk. He's Ivy League educated. He's smarter than us. Maybe not Adam, but uh, he's smarter than me. Um, I saw a story in The Athletic. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, the suggestion was, or at least the source was, an NFL executive saying the Raiders this offseason have downgraded in every way. Has the offseason been that bad for the Las Vegas Raiders? I don't know if, if it's been that bad. I mean, look, you you at least have tight ends who you think are going to be available. And you know, Darren Waller is obviously very talented, and I don't mean to knock him. But look, the, the coaches say this all the time. Best ability is availability, right? So I think last year for the Raiders was kind of a an experiment in, okay, we're bringing in Josh McDaniels. Let's see how many of the holdovers from the previous John Gruden, Mike Mayock era can make it with this club, right? And so you found out Josh Jacobs is one of those guys that can still be a pillar for you, you know? Um, Devontae Adams, who they traded for, obviously, but he's somebody that can be a pillar for you. Max Crosby, he's a pillar for you. But there are other guys like Derek Carr, for instance, Darren Waller, you know, that you can move on from and... You're saying, yeah, well, maybe we take a step back this year, but we know that that guy's not really the solution for what we want to be long-term anyway. So I understand the thinking of it's a step back, but really it's a step forward when it comes to building the program as Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler want it to be. Is Josh Jacobs a pillar? Is he, Are you sure he's going to be here? Well, I mean, I, I think that he's at least going to be there for next year, right? I mean, unless they pull the franchise tender, which I don't know why they would do that, unless they, you know, go and do something wild in the draft, right? What what if they draft um, uh, the Texas running back whose name is escaping me right now? I feel like an Robinson? idiot. Thank you, Bijan Robinson. Thank you, Adam. Um, right at, at you know seven overall, like, that'd be crazy. But if you do that, then you get rid of Josh Jacobs. But I don't really see them doing that because that doesn't seem like something that uh, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler team would do when it comes to, you know, uh, placing uh, value on a running back. We were, we were discussing uh, the big price announcement today for YouTube TV's Sunday ticket. I think it's the uh, biggest uh, news of the day. I, I do. I'm sorry to cut you off. I think it is the, like all of this other stuff we talk about with the NFL is big and it's nice for sports talk and nice for water cooler talk. What we have to pay for the NFL is a massive story. Adam, keep going. I'm sorry. You're good. You're very passionate. Not wrong. No, I am. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. We, I, he cuts I, off again. I, I know. I think we are one of the rare shows, because i got to establish this, that we we are of the people. 
we are one of the rare shows in this country that, like, I I go to bars, I watch games, I pay for the stuff, you know, I pay the freight uh, with the uh, significant other at bars. Like, I'm like an average fan. Adam is as well because Adam at a game while he's watching also has the ticket. And I don't think a lot of media people understand like what the real cost of this is if they're not fan like. I no, I would agree with you on that. Look, I mean, it is expensive, but I think. Somebody was saying, I, I saw some stuff on Twitter today that was like, oh, there's no discounts or, or there's no uh, cheaper cost or there's no lower cost option or whatever. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you have YouTube TV, as I guess I kind of am now starting into an ad, like you can get the lower price for what uh, Sunday tickets going to be through June 6th. But if you don't have YouTube TV or if you wait, then it's going to be more money to, out of your pocket. And I see, I think you're right that it is a significant cost. But at the same time, anyone who really thought that YouTube TV was going to make it lower cost than it was with direct TV, I, I don't really know what you've been paying attention to when it comes to the NFL. This, this thing, this behemoth is about making money that's why you know they've been talking about flexing thursday night games because as roger goodell said in his press conference at the league meeting a couple weeks ago there may be thousands of fans that go to and i'm paraphrasing there may be thousands of fans that go to games but there are also millions of fans who watch them so goodell is all about maximizing uh, the dollars that they can make from the millions of people who watch football every single weekend so you're gonna be paying a substantial chunk of change to watch the NFL. Now, by that same token, YouTube TV doing this is going to be so much better than direct TV doing this, especially because people stream stuff now as their primary option of watching television, right? So it's just going to be a better user experience. I have no doubt about that, but I, that doesn't mean it's not going to cost people money. And I, I, I understand that, um, that aspect of it. Miles, I heard it floated out a couple of days ago uh, that eventually, probably within very much sooner time frame than we expect, the NFL is going to be on seven nights a week. Do you do you buy that, and do you think it's no it's reasonable? No, I, I don't buy that. I mean, the uh, the person I work with, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, has been floating that. I don't think that that's something that's coming until at least years down the road, right? They because they've got a lot of obstacles to get over in order to do that. It's like putting a, a division of teams in Europe. The logistical problems that come with something like that are such that you're going to have issues from coaches and then those coaches are going to go to the team owners and they're going to complain so much that the team owner is going to be like, this is not worth it and this is not worth my time right now. So I don't, I, I can see it happening at some point, but we're talking year like 10 years down the road where maybe that's going to be a thing i did not do that i, I forgot that it was florida because it wasn't florida that i heard it from it was somebody else citing florio oh. so i did not bring that up on purpose but um no thank you fine. for pointing that out though it was mcafee had mentioned it and he said it did come from florio so that's well, because well and look I, I love florio florio's been really good to me obviously and i work with him very closely but I, sometimes he just starts talking about stuff and, like this is <laughs> the time of year especially right now because i'll be honest with you man like it's been remarkably slow in the nfl for the last week or so since i got back from the league meeting which i don't really mind all that much because it's very busy in the nfl for <laughs> a lot day. of the time right yeah so 
you know, a couple days where it's like, oh, no, this is interesting. I'm just sitting here. I can play a little NCAA 14 and entertain myself while there's not much going on in the league. Like, that's fine. But Florio, like, he'll get bored and he just starts, his mind starts churning, man. It's why he's writing these random novel books and like posting them on the website which you can find for 4.99 or whatever it is like so that's the way his mind works and he likes to think about these scenarios it's kind of like mock drafts but that's just one where i'm like man i don't know about that like the practical implications of that are, are so vast that it doesn't make sense to me from the standpoint of where we are right now uh i'm gonna ask you this i'm gonna ask you three parts of this question you can ask and answer any part you want uh, does OBJ have the greatest agent of all time? Uh, that'd be elite athlete management as his agent because, wow, I did not expect that deal. Uh, two, yeah. did Lamar Jackson play a part in recruiting him, and what does that mean to him staying there? And I guess to tie that all together, should Lamar hire elite athlete management because I cannot believe that deal that he got? I mean, he either should hire elite athlete management or you know, I, or somebody else. I mean, look, it, it's or you know, Rosenhaus, you know, Mulugeta. Because he's an athletes first. So one of those guys, I've said this many times and probably on this show too, but if Lamar Jackson saw what Deshaun Watson got and said, oh, I see what this league has done for others, they should do that for me. Well, then go to the person who did that and get that done for you. I mean, this is, it's illogical to me and it's bad business what Lamar Jackson's doing. But I think it's also a little confusing when you see the reports that, oh yeah, Lamar Jackson was recruiting Odell Beckham Jr. to Baltimore, which sort of signals to me in some way that Lamar Jackson has a belief that eventually the Ravens are going to cave and do what he wants them to do. But I don't know why we would think that when we've gone almost two years of the Ravens not caving and doing what Lamar Jackson wants them to do. I mean, it's just not happened. So I don't know that having Odell Beckham Jr. there with this exorbitant contract that the Ravens obviously overpaid for because I'm sorry, like this is, he's very talented and he has been, I mean, he was going to be the MVP of Super Bowl uh, 56 with the Rams if he didn't tear his ACL, but he did tear his ACL for a second time in two years. <laughs> and now he's another year removed from playing. So I don't know that you're going to get 15 million at least worth of production from him. That I, I I don't really see that happening because he is an explosive athlete who's had two ACL tears. We don't see guys come back from that and be the same player. It, it's just the way it is. So whether or not that is the proverbial olive branch to Lamar Jackson, I guess it could be. But I don't necessarily think that that means everything is going to be, you know, fine dandy peachy dory and the Ravens and Lamar Jackson are going to be coming together and singing Kumbaya around the campfire anytime soon. Because what evidence do we have that the Ravens are just going to acquiesce to what Lamar Jackson wants? We don't have any. So by that standpoint, Lamar Jackson's still an unpredictable actor out there. We don't even know if he's going to play this year or not. So, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a weird situation. We got a big update from the Packers today. Uh, Mark Murphy was speaking, and uh, no update. There's no update yeah. on the Aaron Rodgers trade. Uh, yeah. You said it's been slow. It kind of has, but are we just waiting for this? Is this the next thing we're waiting for? 
Yeah, I guess kind of, unless there is some sort of trade um, with the Arizona Cardinals at, at number three overall, because they've been signaling, and you know, whenever a team puts out word to Adam Schefter, like, oh, we're having conversations about the number three overall pick, it's kind of like, all right, teams, get in your best offer so we have a chance to evaluate that, and then maybe we'll see if we do something either before draft night or on draft night. Um, I, I think... The, the best chance for Aaron Rodgers' deal to get done um, so that he's sent to the Jets is probably on night two of the draft um, because the Jets have the 42nd and the 43rd overall picks. So you would think that the Packers would get one of those um, in exchange for Aaron Rodgers and then something else that is probably conditional, um, if not two other picks, um, for Aaron Rodgers to complete that deal. So, yeah, it just it's we're, we're playing the waiting game there. It feels inevitable. I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. I don't know why it wouldn't happen. You know, I saw David Bakhtiari sort of floating out. Uh, the Packers left tackle. He's floating this idea that the Packers could maybe just pay Aaron Rodgers to not do anything. And I don't know why they would do that. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't behoove the Packers, Rodgers, or the Jets for that to happen. But yeah, it, it's just a waiting game. There's no real urgency right now. They will figure it out. But if Aaron Rodgers intends to play for the Jets, I do believe he will play for the Jets. Uh, I was going to actually ask him if there's a DeAndre Hopkins trade update, but actually just popped in my mind also. Like, we have not heard much about the Titans. I mean, it's kind of out there. Like, Tannehill and Henry should be traded maybe at some point. Are we hearing anything on them? No, not really. And, you know, it's interesting. When uh, Rand Carthon, the new Titans general manager, was at the Combine, his line was, these guys are under contract. <laughs> and so, you know, which is one of those things that, Sometimes as general managers speak for, yeah, well, we're going to shop them, but they're under contract, so I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? It, they're not just totally signaling um, one thing or another. I don't know that they should shop Ryan Tannehill because, let, let's face it, if the Titans are one of these teams, right, that they're going to trade up and go and select an Anthony Richardson. Perhaps, you know, they're one of these teams that's interested in going up with the Cardinals to three. If they do that, then they need Ryan Tannehill to start. To, at least for this year, make him Alex Smith a couple years ago, um, or Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, a couple years ago, right? It's maybe a better example with Trey Lance. But wait, Miles, you, uh, Miles, hold on. Cam Newton is willing to back up Malik Willis. Oh Jesus, Lord have mercy, <laughs> Mary and Joseph. Yeah, uh, I'm also willing to back up Malik Willis, you know, and uh, a bunch of other quarterbacks not named Patrick Mahomes or like Joe Burrow. What a weird thing that was too from Cam Newton. I mean, I don't know what he was talking about. Like, like you know, Cam always talks about how there's not 32 uh, quarterbacks, let's say, uh, better than him because this is a family show. But uh, Malik Willis is not one of those 32. <laughs> like, I don't know. So why is he willing to go back up that guy? I don't know. I love it. Miles, we are up against it. Excellent conversation. We appreciate it. I think we got the fire back in your belly over the NFL draft. Come on now. Give us some credit. Yeah, no, I, I will. I, I'm getting a little more excited the, the closer we get because I am really curious as to where these quarterbacks are going to go. But now I'm going to go watch the NBA playoffs because, or at least the playing games because that's what's important right now. Are you a Lakers fan now? No. No. <laughs> I mean, like, the, it's it's fine if they win, but nah. I don't know what I don't know what guy. I don't yes, know what baby. happens when you get transplanted to LA if you uh, you pick the Clippers or the Lakers or just stay true to home. He's a Cleveland my guy, buddy LeBron. Has, I am. That's right. I am a Cleveland guy, and I will still be rooting for my Cavaliers. We're back in the playoffs, but my my really good buddy has season tickets to the Clippers, so maybe going to some Clipper playoff games. 
ESPN Las Vegas is hooking you up. Tune into Cofield and Company in the press box to win a pair of tickets to see Billy Idol live at the Chelsea and the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas in October. You can purchase tickets at Ticketmaster.com starting this Saturday at 10 a.m. Mike Monaco, one of the voices of the NHL on ESPN, was on with us yesterday talking about the Kraken, talking a little bit about VGK. We've got uh, Billy Idol ticket giveaway coming up in less than five minutes. We'll do that on the phone, so stick around for that. Adam Hill, Steve Cofield, ESPN Las Vegas in our 5 o'clock hour. What happens these last two games? What needs to happen for the Knights to be in the best position possible in the playoffs, Adam? Uh, I think it's three points. Out of the two games, they would clinch. Uh, I'm trying to make sure that is correct. But, yeah, they're, they're two points ahead right now uh, of Edmonton for second place. Both teams have two games remaining. So uh, if the Knights got to 110, Edmonton could not get to 110. Edmonton does hold the tiebreaker because of a regulation win advantage uh, over the Golden Knights. So uh, up two points with two to play. If Edmonton does lose one of the games, obviously that helps out the Golden Knights. They could uh, – uh, go ahead and do that. If they win tonight, uh, I think Edmonton does play. Edmonton uh, they plays play Colorado. at Colorado. So Colorado so, could do everyone a favor and just beat Edmonton yep. tonight. So if, if Colorado wins and the Knights win tonight, then the Knights win the division. It could be over as early as tonight. The Knights have obviously this game and then one game in Seattle uh, on Thursday to come. Uh, so they're in a pretty good position. Uh, they just have to you know, do whatever whatever Edmonton does. They just have to do the same or better. And they'll be fine. Next week, are we looking at a goalie room that has how many guys available? Potentially at least four. I mean, it'd be, it's going to be a really difficult decision. They've had five goalies start. Uh, I did see a uh, you know, pretty uh, humorous moment from Bruce Cassidy doing an interview yesterday on TV where uh, he was asked, you know, what it says about his team that, you know, five different goalies have started and they're still in the position they're in. And he said – I guess at least we didn't have to play six. <laughs> like that's it's good. That's true. He's but not a guy who will go pat himself on the back. What a job I did. Or, I, or I, throw I or throw it on the players. Like hey, you know, let's give credit to the guys in front of the the goalie because they never knew who was going to be playing behind him. What I'm, a great team effort. I'm sure deep down he's thinking that. Yeah. But you know, it looks like you know. By the way, which one that the players did a good job or like I coached my ass off. I think this year. Deep, deep down he's like I did a great job. Huh. Well, like how, how many did, guys how, missed? How do we do this? And and, and we just talked about. You know, okay, you're close to getting Stone back potentially. Mark Stone has missed a huge portion of this season as one of the most important players, if not the most important player on the team. They're still potentially going to win the division. Shea Theodore may be coming back soon. You're getting goalies back healthy. And, and at this great moment of the, of the season, like, hey, look, it's about to be the playoffs. You're going into it. You've got a really good team. You could potentially have the one seed, home, home ice throughout the Western Conference playoffs. And, oh, by the way, Jack Eichel just got hurt. Like, okay, let's – Okay, wonderful. So I mean, that that's what he's dealt with this year, which was you know similar to what happened last year, uh, and that's not even including. And I know they knew this was going to happen, but your actual starting goaltender not playing a single game this season. So it, it's been a uh, yeah, I think a tremendous job that he's done, and I think deep down he would say it's it's been a great job uh, that he's done. But he yeah, he's not that type of person. But uh, yeah, that with Hill and Thompson potentially getting healthy and being back, you have Brassois who's been playing the best right now. Uh, Quick, who has the most playoff experience, who has not been great, but uh, gives you another intriguing option. So you're going to have all these different choices to make. I would think Laurent Bossois would be the preferred option right now. Wow, three for three. Uh, I think he has the 
the highest floor, and I think that's what this team needs. I mean, they play very, very solid defensively. They're not going to put the goalie in too many bad situations, so he just has to make the saves that they need him to make, and I think he does that, um, and I don't think he has the same uh, – you know, save this and play it again. I don't think he has the same potential for a meltdown that potentially the other goalies do. Uh, so that that'd be the guy that I would probably go with because I think that's what this team has to avoid is having somebody just completely melt down. But Logan Thompson also at his best is really really good, and Aiden Hill at his best has been really really good. Now, Aiden Hill gives you that potential which we've seen the Golden Knights in the past of a goalie kind of coming out to try to play the puck and playing it into a goal. Mark Andre Fleury, uh, but. So I, I don't know that that's the most comfortable guy that you want to go with, but he's played at a high level too. Three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero. Who wants to go see Billy Idol answer this trivia question? Uh, Billy Idol obviously rose to incredible fame as a solo artist. Before going solo, he was part of two different groups. Name just one of them. Either group that Billy Idol was part of. Three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero. First person that can name one of the groups that Billy Idol was part of. We'll get tickets to go see Billy Idol at the Chelsea inside the Cosmopolitan. The show is October 20th to the 28th, five nights here in Vegas. Tickets will go on sale this Saturday at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. But right now, your chance to go see Billy Idol. Two tickets available with Ari, 364-1100. One more time with the question. Billy Idol, before he went solo, was part of two different groups. Name one of those groups, 364-1100. Listen to Cofield and Company on the Press Box all week long for your chance to win tickets for BattleBots Destructathon Sunday, April 23rd at the BattleBots Arena or purchase your tickets at BattleBots.com slash tickets. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield, Ari as well. It's ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company on a Tuesday. I saw that you retweeted a uh, home run from Shea Langoliers. Look at looky here. Looky here. Could the A's get win number three of the season? Could happen. 7-6. 7-6 in the bottom of the sixth. A's lead it. That's it. That's all we got. Well, I was just retweeting it. Hit, to, hits throughout the lineup. Just retweeting it to promo my story from yes. before the season. Yes. Shameless. What, shameless. What was your story about? Uh, just talking to Shay Langleyers about the, you know taking a step up and – uh, the team trading Murphy, uh, very was off to a great start before yesterday. Actually, did something thankfully. Uh, <laughs> they traded him away to kind of make Langle- clear the way for Langoliers to be the the catcher of the future for the A's, which could potentially lead him back to Las Vegas, where he starred for the Aviators last year. We got some Twitter feedback on the news that Google put out YouTube TV that the lowest number price on Sunday ticket will be two hundred fifty bucks for the season, but you'll have to have that monthly subscription that goes, uh, what does it go? What do you pay now for YouTube TV? I have a couple extra add-ons. So, so about 70 bucks? 72 so. base. There we go. Uh, I have a sports package added on, which actually is really good. There's a ton of soccer, which I like. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think it's a total of somewhere around 90, but I have a couple extra add-ons that, are, that I, really, I really like on there, actually. House of Hines tweeted at us and said, does YouTube TV have VGK Channel, AT&T, Sportsnet? I'll respond first off, because I don't know. First off, will there be an AT&T Sportsnet next year? Uh, I don't know that that's likely. The regional channel tumult. I don't know if that's likely. 
Uh, and also, it's about to be playoffs, so it's not going to matter. Well, I think the person's looking forward to the football season and next season. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that's that's something you have to, they have to figure out. I, I, I would say my favorite feature really is obviously the accessibility on the phone, which is fantastic. And then um, more importantly, and I know other services have this too, but the unlimited DVR is awesome. I, I can, like, I have NFL Plus, which I can go back and watch all the Raiders stuff that I have to and watch the All-22 and all that. Uh, but it's super easy to get the game broadcast. I have every Raiders game over the last three years since I've had YouTube TV that I can easily access what announcers were saying, what was going on at certain points of the game. I can go back and get that right now. I can like literally just tape everything and just go back and watch it whenever I want. Yeah. Uh, Michael Hollowood tweets us often. Said, I got DirecTV in 2012 and they just gave me the ticket the first year. I tried to cancel the ticket the next year, and they comped it. And it was comped every year after that without even telling me. <laughs> Which is I nice. guess that's going back to my story that I never got a comped. So <laughs> as I tweeted back to Michael, um, and then I fixed them. I stuck it to DirecTV by cutting the cord, and now I pay uh, like $400 a month for TV. So Feel good it about It worked that? out for me. Yeah, I really got them. Really that's got good. them. That's good. I will go out of business before DirecTV does. <laughs> I mean <laughs> – they're really feeling the pain, though. I think what what they said when they couldn't renew Sunday ticket when they got outbid, they were like, ah, "That's Steve Cofield. Yep, he killed he us. Got us. He killed us. He wins in the end. Yep. He got us." Um, I just sent out. I didn't send out anything. I retweeted a report from Seven Sixty Sports Radio in San Diego that San Diego State basketball has added a dude who was uh, one of the best six men in the Pac-12 from Southern California, USC. Reese, Dixon, Waters, average about 10 points a game. Kind of in that 6'5", 215 mold. So San Diego State has landed him. So not it's not the end of the world for them? It's not completely over? They're not I go don't know who – I keep, you know – no, they're not They're not done. I no. I know. It's, it's, absur- you know, it's absurd. Even more absurd is Gonzaga, and I want to get to Gonzaga in a second here. San Diego State has built its program by – Having some dudes around for four and five years that they brought in as freshmen, and generally their freshmen stay patient unless they tell them to leave, and they leave. Which, again, I will repeat, happens a lot more often than you people believe or know. And I'm not just saying San Diego State. Coaches all over the country say, it's not working out, brother. Leave. But, no, he'll. Uh, this kid will be added, I'm sure, with at least another transfer, possibly two more, depending on what they do with their bench. He will be added to the mix of, believe it or not, Keyshaw Johnson, their 6'7", 230 forward, is eligible to come back again. <laughs> My Lord. He seems old. A they lost Seiko. They're going to lose Arope, Mensa, and Bradley, who all felt like they were 25. Uh, that kid, Jadon Lee, who's been at three schools now, he's eligible to come back. Micah Parrish will be back. Lamont Butler, who hit the big shot against FAU, he'll be back. Darion Trammell, he'll be back. And then I mentioned Micah Parrish, yes, he'll be back. And then they have – I don't even know if the kid can play. He got in – he was a three-star recruit, and he did pick San Diego State over some good schools. There's a kid, Elijah Saunders. When you see him next year, I, he's like 6'6 and 250. Like, I don't know how he how, – how some school didn't steal him to make him a left tackle because his frame is big enough to weigh 310 pounds, and it would just look natural. So – and they will. Add, I'm guessing they're going to add a few more transfers. So yeah, SDSU is fine. You mentioned, you mentioned Butler in there, right? Yep. And he declared today. Uh, it looks like he did. He kept his eligibility. Yeah. It looks declared. like him, Lee, 
and uh, Johnson will all test NBA waters, yeah. but will retain their retain eligibility. eligibility. That's sure. they, that's what Brian Dutcher has been good at. Yeah. Right. Hey, come back. So UNLV's been quiet, and I think that's intentional. They do have some visits coming up. So you knew they were going to be in the mix for Jalen Hill. Kevin Kruger was one of the recruiters on Jalen Hill. He's from Clark High School, played with Trey Woodbury, who was at UNLV, now at Utah Valley. Jalen Hill's going to visit. They've got the Boone brothers, who started at Okie State, one left to go to Pacific. They're both on the portal now. They're in on them. Beyond that, there's not a ton of names out there. There's a big from Oklahoma State, 7-1-215 kid. Um, there's some other players. This is the way they operate. They're not a. They're not, it's not Musselman. Like, you know, it's out there. Musselman and Arkansas contacted eighty four transfers. <laughs> they contacted eighty four well, transfers. They were contacting transfers on the day of their Sweet Sixteen game. Yes, he was angry that he yeah. had to play the game. He's like, I yeah. got to recruit. He's like, well, we'll have this game, but I've got a lot more important things to do right now. Yeah. So we saw yesterday that Keyshawn Gilbert went to Iowa State and Altsburger. That's going to be really interesting. I'm I'm still I'm, 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 I'm still amazed by the you know it's mostly the the blogs and kind of online media um, but I am amazed by everyone sees the transfer portal is excited to get a player sees the numbers but they don't do much digging like obviously if we covered San Diego State I would want to know why. Reese Dixon Waters is leaving USC. Is there more to the story? But there's think, always a story. I think every every place does that. I mean, when guys come here, it's like awesome, great, right. awesome. Look at this guy, right? All right, yeah. That that's how that's how people respond to. The and then once before. transfers get wherever, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Like maybe it was just playing time, or maybe there was other stuff. So I haven't seen anyone at Iowa State reach out on Keyshawn Gilbert. So maybe someone will at some point. I mean. And, and look, he has a relationship with Otzelberger. Otzelberger knows him, so uh, there's already a trust level established there. So, you know, it makes some sense to, to reunite. I think those are those make more sense sometimes to people and uh, cause you to do less. That too, you're less right. Digging you're right. It's like, oh, he's, he's reunited, he's right. going back. And that's why you continue to see Kevin Kruger go to the Big 12 yeah. on guys that they were probably involved with, knew of region-wise. Yeah, for sure. By the way, did you see that? The number one team right now pulling players out of the transfer portal by the rankings is Florida. What did I say last week? Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to win the national title. But Florida has money. They were in on the kid Jaden Rashada. Who, what was the initial report? He was going to get like $7, 8000000 million from Miami. Backed out of Miami. Committed to Florida. Backed out of Florida. Landed at Arizona State. Florida wants to win. They have money. They've got a collective. Uh, they have a good young coach in Todd Golden. I know you like him. Yeah. Carlin Hartman's an awesome recruiter, formerly of UNLV. Yeah. Uh, they actually, Florida just beat out St. John's and Rick Patino on a guy who played for Patino at Iona. Well, they lost out to Walter Clayton money. Jr. is actually, well, that's I, that might be part of it. I don't know what he's getting, getting in NIL. I can't imagine that you're going to be able to outbid St. John's consistently. Because Patino must have a he, he must have been promised a big collective, like he's a hundred years old. He didn't take the St. John's job to not win like now. But anyway, the kid Clayton is from I think it's Lake uh, Lake Wales, Florida, so he's a Florida guy. I'll, I'll, but they also landed a Ivy dude who's EJ Jarvis, right? Yeah, big from I'll, Harvard. Yeah, and I'll, then a seven footer 
So they're out of the gates really quick here, and they're still in on one of our locals, DJ Thomas, which we'll get an update on Thomas here in a second. But my point was, if you were looking for you know just some pizza money stuff to bet on and a bigger player, I don't know how many people bet national title odds a year out, but I actually think now, because it's really hard to get the information on, you could look at a team and they're like, like UNLV. I'm not saying UNLV is going to win the national championship or have a hall that's so awesome. All of a sudden, you know, but that could happen at some places. Yep. Kansas State may go from, well, I don't know what the hell they're going to do next year. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, they're number nine in the country because they got these six top-level guys. And Gonzaga is the same thing. And I told you last week, Gonzaga had 40-1 to one to win the national title was absurd because they ain't going to stop. They're the blue blood. Like with any blue blood you want to mention, they got a budget NIL-wise that matches anyone. So yep. long story short, Florida last week was 125-1 to one to win the national title. Now they're 100. Other, other books haven't even moved them yet. Yeah, I was just going to go back to the your point about Patino, and he wouldn't have taken it if there wasn't money, and I'm, I'm sure that's true. But it's it's the one program that I've been surprised. That, you know, I was I said part of the reason I was at the Final Four is I, I know a lot of coaches now, and I was trying to talk to some guys, and I could not believe how many of them were like St. John's is the dream, because when they were growing up, it was you know St. John's was this big power, and the, it was it's New York. This should be this hotbed of basketball, and it was at one point, and they all like want to be the ones to restore it to where it was. I, I was blown away by how many people thought that was like the dream job. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they got to make some changes. They can't play in Jamaica, Queens anymore. There can't be any more home games at their small <laughs> gym that holds 5,000. I like that gym. But you have MSG there, and you got a big enough name now that you, now you can consistently get at least like 12,000 at MSG, which I know the capacity is bigger, but it's got I'd, a lot of potential. I'd want to stay on campus. Yeah, it's got a lot I of potential. It. I wouldn't want to stay on campus. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, did you go around campus? It's a better. It's a better. It's a better home court environment, though. You get that place sold out. It's it a, is. It's a better home court environment is, than but, MSG would be. But kids don't necessarily. If they can play at MSG, I don't think they want to play in a five K arena. Which is why. Which is why the kids were complaining when they're here for the NIT. I guess. <laughs> I guess. I don't. I don't blame them. And it's not like you know. We we kind of we knew this was going to happen. It's not like you know we packed the house here in Vegas. Yeah. They're going somewhere else next year, right? Aren't they going to Indianapolis? Your they're going to travel it around, yeah. Yeah, NIT semis and finals, final are in Indianapolis. You want more portal? Sure. There's a lot. It's crazy. Well, I will, I will say um, with DJ Thomas, what do you think is going to happen? He's our local five-star recruit. UNLV has been all over him. His final five is uh, actually put two teams, uh, one team twice. Maybe that's a suggestion. Um Houston, Arizona, UCLA, Gonzaga, and UNLV. UNLV's got to be the favorite. Of? <laughs> to win, to land him. Well, there's a bunch of people in making the decision on this one. I oh, know. It's not just the kid. Well, you would have to you've got a leg- you've his got a... father would be a UNLV supporter. There was some chatter today that Houston could be in the lead, which kind of makes sense. But I think you have to be into kind of the culture that Kelvin Sampson's building. Kevin Kruger's worked really hard on him. Yeah. And this has been a long-term project, no question. I'm telling you, folks, Gonzaga is any time they're involved, they're a friggin' force. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough to compete watch, with them. Watch what happens this year with Gonzaga because uh, I've mentioned, I think before a lot of people got on board with this, I, I know, like five, six years ago when – People will talk about Gonzaga as being some upset darling in the, you know, gritty, gutty little school. I was like, wait, Gonzaga keeps beating UCLA and Arizona for players. 
I wonder how this is happening. And we would say that all the time. And good examples were what they did internationally because there was a market that maybe wasn't as tapped as it should have been. And they got guys like Rui Hachimura and DeMontis Sabonis. And this year, they've pulled a Korean player and another Aussie. Watch what happens with those guys. Worldwide reach. And I wonder what the resources were to get those guys. Well, they, they're allowed to use resources now. They are above <laughs> board. Always done it, they are yeah. above board, yeah. yep. Yeah. So that team is going to be crazy. I still and, – And by the way, Paris Strother declared yesterday he could come back. Ju- but I think – clear, clear. Who did I say? Paris. Paris, the sister. <laughs> Julian. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of Paris Johnson. I was mixing. Uh, Julian. Julian Strother declared yeah. yesterday the door is still open, I think, for now. Uh, but it already looks like they're they're bringing in wings left and right. I so. still I still am shocked Timmy's leaving. I I think he should come back. He can. He has I another know. year. I know. He said he's not coming back, but they last year he well, was going to leave, and they just said, "Here's two million to stay." Um, I think that should it's be tough to turn that down again. That number has been very widespread now. Yeah. No one has it on the record. You slipped it in there. Yeah, but it's it's pretty commonly known. That there was just a figure and said, here's $2 million to stay. Which, again, that's not an allegation. They're, it's fine. You're allowed to. NIL. But I, I feel like they – I don't know why he would say the note again. He's not going to get $2 million in the NBA right now. You, you hear the number $2 million. Wait until we tell you on the way back in the grab bag. There is a player on the female side who has a valuation that is Timmy. Remember, Thursdays we're on the road at Silver 7s. Every Thursday from 3 to 6, we're at Flamingo and – Paradise, they've got happy hour from 3 to 5 with 277 on a bunch of their drinks and on VGK game days. And Thursday is a Golden Knights game day. They've got 77-cent bottles of Bud, Bud Light, and Mick Ultra. I think, I think we'll find out on Thursday. I think. I don't want to promise anything. But uh, Eric from Silver Sevens, he'll be coming on Thursday. I hope they continue it through the uh, the playoffs for all VGK games. We'll find out. We'll find out. So we're there with prizes. Three to six, Silver Sevens, Flamingo, and Paradise. Two different bars to uh, hang out at. You got the sports book there, the William Hill Racing Sports Book. Got the full gaming floor, and we are stationed at the Bud Light Sports Bar. Oh, they also have late night entertainment back on Fridays and Saturdays, starting at nine o'clock until one. Beer and a shot special, just three bucks. Silver Sevens, Silver Sevens. That's our Thursday spot for Cofield and Company. Silver Sevens. It'll be me, Cofield, with. Adam Hill. Big get. Across the way. It was a big, big get. get. That was a big land. That was a big commit. We were talking about college basketball player commits. Get in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. I might, so we were, I might we were be just, in the portal. We were just mentioning he's out. He's already gone. He's already gone. I think that's happened a couple times now. I mean, I'm sure it's happened like 10 times in the portal. Um, Devin Cambridge, three weeks ago, announced that he's coming back to Arizona State. Five days ago, he said, I'm leaving Arizona State. Uh, and there is a – if I – if I'm correct, there was a Washington big who committed to Montana State, and three hours ago he said, eh, plans change, things happen beyond my control. That's Danny Sprinkle leaving, and he's like, eh, no Montana State for me. Recruitment's wide open again. Or so can you, I get you to commit to Thursday? Or you commit to a school, and then their star player says they're coming back to school, and you're like, uh, now I'm out, I guess. Do you know a case like that? Yeah, Duke. Did a big commit to Duke, and then Filipowski said he's coming back? Yeah, literally in, within 20 minutes. He's I like, didn't see I'm that. Out. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I out. mean, I don't blame him. No. 
No, I mean, if Duke fans get mad at that, I mean, if you're the, the players who go places and they just get buried on the roster because it happens. Yeah, well, he. I mean, he obviously signed there expecting Filipowski to be gone, yeah. and he was going to take the spot. And uh, yeah, their top recruit was like, "Yeah, I can't. No, I can't go there." We were mentioning valuation and rumors that Drew Timmy had gotten a boatload of money from Gonzaga. What does the actual valuation mean in NIL? Angel Reese supposedly is going to have a valuation of one point three million dollars going into next year. Is she going to get that in NIL? Very possibly, maybe even more. Hmm. One more time in the bag. <laughs> Wait, the Cavender twins aren't going to play another year because one didn't want to play basketball anymore? Well, Haley is the star. Hannah is the backup. Haley's like, yeah, we're coming back. And Hannah's like, yeah, I don't really feel like playing basketball anymore. And Haley said, well, if you're not playing, I'm not playing. So we're both What? Out. What is yes. this? Twins. Weird.